<laughs> Just not if you can hear me. <laughs> this is the Nightmare Box presenting. Are mine from my workout. <laughs> I was like, why do I have extra headphones? In the middle of the intro. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> mistakes were made. Mistakes were made. Nightmare Box presenting. Mistakes were made. My name is Brett Bloom, and I'm sitting across from the beautiful Kristen Pennington, mm. and uh, we're here for our conversational episode. It doesn't have a title in no. the show notes I came up with like 10 minutes ago. I mean, I think technically this is just mistakes were made, right? Isn't that the title of the mm-hmm. regular podcast? So that is the title. Well, normally I forget the... Two-star t- um, Tuesday. Two-star Tootsie. <laughs> normally I forget to say that and then I go off the rails early on that. So I was trying not to say that and I forgot what the fuck I was doing. So. <laughs> mistakes were made. This one will go smoothly. Um, <laughs> so how are you feeling? You got uh, You went to the gym? I'm excited because uh, I had coffee for the first time in like four days this morning and I'm having my first glass of wine for the first Fuck time yeah. in four days because trying to be strict on my diet gym routine, which yeah. is a miserable existence. <laughs> Regulation. But I lost some weight, so there's mm-hmm. that. Kristen shedding weight like crazy. Gotta build Spend, that booty though. Yeah, building the booty on a, on a daily thing, you know, <laughs> just in case you were curious, mom. Um, no you've been doing a great job you've been doing a fantastic job with that like you found a way um, pretty recently to start working on the podcast while you were at work Mm -hmm. I forgot to take my watch off Um, to like work on the podcast while you were at work like building that extra little bit of time every day to like get a little bit more done Mm -hmm. and you've been going to the gym it's been a thing that both of us have been doing that uh, we've been able to keep up with. I think it's your fault you're rubbing off on me. Apparently, uh, I don't know how to relax anymore either. I'm uh, like, I'm going to take my lunch break to work some more. <laughs> Welcome to the fucking world. <laughs> you said that shit to me earlier. Like, Kristen was getting ready to go to the gym, but the gym's really, really close. So, like, she had to take her pre-workout. And that takes, like, 25, 30 minutes for it to kick in for you. So, she drinks it, and then she starts doing the dishes. And... Uh, I didn't know what to do because I couldn't start cleaning while you were doing the dishes and I wasn't going to the gym. So <laughs> at one point I just sat down on the chair and I was like, just, uh, okay, I guess I'm just sitting here. And she was like, it's Sunday, Brett. Some people just sit there. You know? <laughs> it's, a, it's a strange concept, but uh, some people do relax. <laughs> yeah, you can just sit there and stare out the window. It's a beautiful day outside. It's like fucking 80 degrees. Everything's gold and green. It's birds are chirping. I like that uh, as soon as I got back from the gym, though, you were like playing. What were you playing? Battlefield. Battlefield yeah. to kill time while I was at the gym. And the second I got home, you jumped off and it was like, good, I can do things again. <laughs> <laughs> we can go on a walk. <laughs> like quit mid-match. It was like, yep, just sitting here listening to a podcast while playing like a game that requires a lot of attention. And just <laughs> thinking about doing this and I get to go on a walk. It was like, yep, yeah, stopping. I'm getting my water. We're going to go on this W. We're going to, yeah. It's, it's, it's hard, man. I don't. You hear all the birds chirping, though. That's nice. I know. Like, this is the only time where I feel like I'm relaxing and it's technically work. Like, <laughs> like this or when I'm, like, writing or reading about serial sexual homicide. Those are, like, <laughs> the three things. Ooh, speaking of which, we started a new TV show. We did start a new TV show. We're watching Mindhunter, mm-hmm. which I've seen before and you, you've not no, seen. I... It's 
fucking awesome. I thought it was a because I've like passed by it on Netflix before. I thought it was a documentary. I didn't realize it was like a, a TV scripted show. TV show, like based on actual. Yeah, it's people. based on the birth of the um, FBI profiling division, um, mm. which I've read a whole shitload about because it's been my fascination since I was a kid. But um, they do a really good job. The guy that they've got to play Edmund Kemper looks exactly like Edmund Kemper. Yeah. They don't shy away. There's a thing that happens. I think it's like six or seven episodes from where we are now, so I can't tell you about it. I was like, don't spoil it for me. <laughs> but I'd, I was invested in this show, and I'd read about all these people, so I knew kind of what they were going to do. I just didn't know what, you know, like how they were going to do it. And there is a part, and if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. If I could remember the fuck, I'm going to forget the killer. <laughs> Uh, him and his bird. If, if <laughs> oh no, you told me that he chucks it into. Yeah. Spoiler alert for everybody that's listening to this and might want to watch it. Yeah, dude is standing there getting interviewed about how little he cares. Basically, like they're talking to him about the concept of um, psychopathy and the lack of a consciousness. And this whole time, he's had this pet bird that he just completely fucking loves. Like he's he's treating it like it's the only thing that he cares about inside the prison. Like he gets like beats people up that like try to hurt his bird, and he like carries it around in his pocket. No, you didn't tell me all that. Yeah, so like it's a it's almost like the um, and make the, fall the mouse in Green bird. Mile, like one of those type of things. And then just in the middle of the interview, he stands up from the table and he goes, "I don't fucking feel it." Like something along those lines. Like I don't feel a goddamn thing grabs the bird and there's this fucking fan in the corner of the room and he just chucks it over his shoulder yeah, that was the first thing you told me about the show you're like you haven't seen that i was like no what are you talking it, about it's fucked up it's fucked up if you're into serial killers like it like the history of the fbi or anything like that i would definitely it's not it's not a documentary and it's not all the information about all the people that you want to hear um but it is I think it's really well done. That pilot, uh, the shotgun scene and the pilot, mm-hmm. you were like, oh, I thought that this was going to end well, and it did not end no. well. No. <laughs> oh, man. Good. Um, I'm assuming CGI work, but mm-hmm. man, that looked super realistic. I was like, holy fuck, that just happened. You mean the dude didn't actually just blow his head off on the porch? <sighs> well, I mean, it could have been effects. They could have had like a prop that exploded. But I'm assuming it's probably CGI, CGI work, you know? It's like, I no, know that, it wasn't real. That was Fred. We told him that it was not a loaded shotgun. Yeah, that's and happened. There is no more Fred. Not, well, not um, heads blown off, but people have killed yeah, themselves. Yeah, the guy from um, the Bruce Crow. Lee's son? Or Jet Lee's? One of the, one of the Lee's. Uh, the guy, he was in The Raven. Is it called The Raven? The Crow. The Crow? That's what I just said. Yeah, The Crow. Yeah, that guy got shot yeah. in the head. Was uh, it in the head? I didn't realize it was. In I the think head. it was in the head. I knew he got shot. He yeah, definitely they, died they were by a bullet. Using a wad bullet, but there was a like a fragment on the wad bullet, and they shot him too close, and it, it took his ass out. Mm-hmm. And now there's a lot of people that respect that as a good movie, and I don't respect those people. So you don't like the crow? Have you watched the crow? It's been years, but I liked it. Yeah, it's it's been a long time. I'd rewatch the crow. It's an interesting concept. I like the concept. Um. Outside of that, it's just an action movie. There's no yeah, real been, deep poetics it's been to years that character. Since I've watched it. Yeah, it's like you killed me, and I'm. It's like John Wick without a plot. Like it's <laughs> <laughs> not as good as John Wick. Like, <laughs> they made, killed my dog. Yeah, like Keanu Reeves never got shot in the face. Oh. Fucker should have started out watching The Matrix. Oh. <laughs> It's yeah. a ghost ship movie. 
Why are you like hating on ghost ships so much? There are so many way worse like horror films yeah, out there. But, like, there You're people... shitting on that one so no, hard. No, because I meet people and I'm like, what's your favorite horror film? And they're like, oh, I don't know, Ghost Ship. And it's I'm not like, my well, favorite. you've not spent any time. It's like when I'm like, what's your favorite romantic comedy? And they're like, I don't know, fucking Romeo and Juliet fall in love and shoot each other in a I gas think... station. The reason that it sticks out for me, it's definitely not. Yeah. It's not even necessarily a film that I like, per se. Um, it's probably not a film I'm in a rush to rewatch, but I, I, I don't think it's... Neighbor bought a new motorcycle, and I think somebody down the road bought a new truck. So, <laughs> sorry. No, keep on, no, go ahead. It's a beautiful day, so there are yeah. probably going to be a, a lot of people A quarter mile down out. the road. I'm glad I can still hear you, you <laughs> jackass. But I think the reason that it sticks out for me is I've seen plenty of horror films like I had seen Nightmare on Elm and all that prior to seeing Ghost Ship but I saw Ghost Ship when I was still probably a early teenager like I saw it when I was relatively it's young it's got one traumatizing scene well yeah that goddamn but, razor wire yeah, scene is and key the I think, rest of the movie is forgettable see I think that's <laughs> what it is is it was one of the first films that I distinctly remember being just gory in that moment like I, didn't, <coughs> I hadn't watched like hostile or any of those films before seeing yeah. ghost ship so for me it was like the first time i saw like it may have even be- been before i saw the resident evil scene with like the lasers yeah, that the chopped lasers that dude up fucking cool. so <laughs> like it was like the first time i was like oh my god that's a way to go <laughs> yeah um did that come out before or after final destination because i'm curious who bit off who did Let's final see. destination no, Destination see. was like 1996, wasn't it? Final Destination was super traumatizing too for me. Like I Final don't Destination like, has a damn good plot line. <laughs> I don't like super graphic. Um, yeah, but you'll never drive behind a car with logs on it ever again. No, like, I don't. I like if I'm on the interstate, I will yeah. move to the next lane. That so movie will make Final... you second guess every roller coaster and airplane you ever get on. Final Destination was 2009. The first one? Mm-hmm. I thought it was fucking like. Early as shit. I thought that was nineteen. Ghost Ship was two thousand two, so Ghost Ship was first. So yeah, I saw Are Ghost you Ship. sure that the first Final Destination yeah. was two thousand and nine? That's what it said. What am I thinking? Yeah. Final Yeah, Final Destination two thousand nine. Is that the original or Oh wait, no. I think that's not. No, yeah, okay, that's not the I was original. Like, am I really two thousand. Okay, so I was a lot closer to 1997. <laughs> so Final Destination came I thought out first. I, was, I thought it was... Yeah, that I was seems... like, am I off by 20 years? I feel that like seems... I watched this growing up. Like, I don't feel like I watched this my senior year of high school. <laughs> yeah, 2000, so Final Destination did come out first. Maybe I saw Final Destination first then. So Ghost um, Ship was 06? 2002. Okay, cool. So they just used a Final Destination-esque shot, and that's why that movie is rememberable. Is the train scene in the first Final Destination where the thing lobs his head off? Is that in the first one? Where they're like freaking out next to the train station or the the railroad crossing and then the train hits the thing and it... That is the first one, isn't it? So yeah, that is kind of a bit of a... Are you thinking of the end of Hostel? No, like there's a scene in Final Destination and I'm 90% sure it's the first one where... Um, they they're like freaking out because they kind of realize like death is like coming for them all or whatever and the dude has a vision in the window of the car as they're driving of the seatbelt getting stuck and um they stop the car on the tracks for whatever fucking reason i think and um the seatbelt gets stuck and they're like freaking out like oh my god get me out there's a car or there's a train coming there's a train coming and they like 
get them out in time. So you think like, oh, we beat death. And yeah. the one dude is just like, ah, oh, yeah, we did it. And like, you, you realize that it's now skipped. That person is onto the next person. The train rolls over this metal thing and it flings it up and chops dude's head off. Fuck me. So, yeah, yeah, I don't remember that. I, I think that's in the first it one. It might be. Now that you bring it up, the first one's the airplane. Yeah, yeah. but it's the same main dude because doesn't he die in the first one at the end and the second movie comes back and you find out he's dead isn't he dead by the second one or is he dead by the third one no i think isn't the end of uh, where we watching final yeah. destination oh, I'm God, not speaking, I don't know. But talk about a brilliant goddamn concept see movies like that bother me though no, i'm gonna the, be like every five seconds covering my eyes the concept so even like the relief that comes with he escaped is immediately followed by wait you're who next. was sitting next to that person yeah. on the plane? And it's like, shit! You know, like, and the the way it unravels, it doesn't... You know it's coming. So, like, the unraveling is the scary part. Well, You're like, wait a minute. How did that guy knocking that cup over lead to that bitch getting, like, toasted to death in the bathing, you know, like the, the tanning bed? I think the first one, though, is the coolest out of all of them because you don't realize until towards the end of the film that it just keeps circling back around. They think yeah. they just have to defeat death the one the time. the first one the one where it ends and they think that they've all like escaped and they're like in yeah. Paris or and some then a shit. Sign the goddamn down. crane comes down and fucking yeah. takes them out. <laughs> so, yeah, they think they've beat death and yeah. then it's like, no, it's forever circling around for you. God so that damn I, it. Oh, yeah. The crow can go cool fuck its mother. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to rewatch it. I I'll did dig like that the guy crow. up and shoot him with a real Aww. bullet just to <laughs> <laughs> what did you like about the crow? <laughs> I haven't seen it in years. The makeup. I, no, the dude like was I, cute, and then he died, but he wasn't as cool. I as think Kurt my Cobain. oldest sister did have a crush on him, like when we were kids. When he died, he's he a cute. Heath Ledger for a shittier movie. Like, <laughs> 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 I haven't seen it in a long time. I don't either. know why. I feel like that. Shooting flames. <laughs> things that people like. You're like very today. angry about weirdly specific films. Like the films we've been watching for Two Star Tuesday are infinitely worse than any of these films. I don't know. But you're angry about them. I, I, I would put The Resort over The Crow. Like oh, what? I had to watch, no. If I had to watch one again, no. I'd just watch The Resort. No. It was more fun. No. I enjoyed it more. The plot no. had more depth. <laughs> the resort was hands down the worst one we've done which we're not going to talk about it because that episode hasn't when you hear this episode it will have come up is a, it, 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 it's a he's a Batman villain he's <laughs> without Batman he's just it's all he is he's basically living in Gotham <laughs> right like gang comes in and kills his girlfriend or mm -hmm. some shit like that like he, he, he's it's the Joker with different makeup and a weirder backstory. It's like the I Punisher mean, meets... Fuck the crow. <laughs> <laughs> it could be worse. I could be forcing you to watch rom-coms. So. I'm uh, not doing that. <laughs> I'll watch... Um, there's a girl on a train. Mm. The one with Ben Affleck. Where I don't know, I haven't seen it. It's based on the Scott Peterson trial of Scott Peterson who been telling the truth the whole time. Oh, yeah. Um, like she fakes her own murder. And, yeah. yeah. Rape and shit like that. I, don't, I haven't seen that movie. I'm not sure if that is what it's called or not. There's I know what you're a, talking about. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry if I've gotten the name wrong, but there's a scene in that movie that I will never forget. Like the story is all different kinds of fucked up to begin with. And it is one of those thrillers that like catches you. 
Uh, yeah, I've heard it's good. I that's still good. haven't read the book. Gone Girl. Yeah, yeah that's Gone what it Girl. Is. This bitch like breaks a wine bottle and sticks the neck of the bottle inside of herself to create violent rape wounds inside of her own vagina at wow. one point. And it all happens on the screen. And you're just like, that is fucked up. Like, that hurts Was he you. abusive? Like, why? Oh, you have to watch the movie. Oh. No. Yeah, you, you have to you watch the movie. can't spoil it for me. No, I, I don't, I, if you've not seen Gone Girl, it's like Fracture. Like, there are some movies where I'm like, there's a twist there that people have just not given enough credit to, and I, I'm not. <laughs> we'll have to watch it. I'm not touching. Uh, I, I'd reveal Gone Girl, but I Fracture. We've watched Fracture, right? What's Fracture about? It's uh, Anthony Hopkins. He plays a dude who, and it's revealed in the first five minutes, so I'm not ruining anything, uh, catches his wife in an affair. When she comes home to this, he's an engineer, so mm-hmm. like he, his house is filled with like these beads and move around on loops and shit. Um, but when he finds out that his wife is having an affair with a police officer, his wife comes home, he shoots his wife, he calls the police, says he's shot his wife. They come, they arrest him. Wife is not dead, she's been shot in the face, she has a fracture and she's in a coma. And uh, they can't get him for shooting her. No. He has laid out an elaborate scheme, like law-abiding citizen, like level of scheme, to where even though he's standing there with a gun in his hand, and her dead on the floor with his own admission right there. They have fucking nothing on him until no. like the very end of the film. We and haven't watched it. We're watching Fracture. Have you seen? <laughs> it's not. It's not a particularly scary film. It's a bit more of a thriller. But have you seen Double Jeopardy? It's a Sandra Bullock film. It's an older one. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. It's older. Um. She. Uh, her husband fakes his death, and she gets charged for the murder and goes to jail for the murder. Um, and then he's he like, actually dies. And... Well, no, he uh, like lays out like all this evidence that makes it look like she killed him, and like I think he drugs her or something, so she can't remember anything. And like she goes to jail and comes out, and then discovers that he's actually alive. And the concept of the film is you can't go to jail twice for, for the same murder, somebody. so yeah. she. Uh, Hunts him down and, you know, gets revenge. I have to watch that one. I, I want to say I've watched that, but I probably, like, watched that half asleep or drunk in a hotel room. Like, it's not, like, that. the best movie ever, but I liked it when yeah. I saw it. Because, yeah, it's an interesting concept, like, for whatever reason. Because I think they had a happy marriage. He, I think, like, had a mistress that he wanted to run away with, so he fakes his murder. Where and... the fuck are those movies nowadays? Like, those, like, really deep like, really well-thought-out thrillers where, like, my mom used to love watching those. And when I go to England, that's all we watch. It's like serial killer documentaries mm-hmm. and mind-fuck thrillers. Saw. <laughs> <laughs> adder. You know, we, we've got our lighter side, lots of trivia <laughs> games. But, um, no, a lot of it, she... Is kind of the reason why I got into psychological thrillers in the first place. If I think about it, I owe a lot of my personality to my mother. Like, I, I go ahead and be, hey, Ma, I love you. <laughs> um, I'm, a, I'm a fan, so thanks, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> she got us some fancy chocolate eggs, and you, you ate those motherfuckers in a bowl. You're like, I'm not missing a piece of this chocolate. Jack's tried to lick it. You were like, I'll break your nose, little man. Like, you're done. Don't you touch my fucking chocolate, no. Yeah, um, but she was always a big fan of thrillers. She used to watch. Um, God damn it! 
I am so bad with names today. The um, murder she wrote. Like, there was oh, a yeah. lot of murder she wrote on uh, Lifetime or whatever growing up. I've seen a couple she, of those. <laughs> she, uh, a lot of like Agatha Christie type renditions. A lot of murder mysteries, lots of true crime books. Uh, how many times can a wife kill her husband shows? <laughs> yeah, my mom was always into um, like CSI and mm-hmm. CIS and stuff. And then she would watch the... Uh, what like I can't remember exactly what it's called, but the I almost got away with it type shows yeah. where it was about like actual things, like but it'd be reenactments. Yeah, my mom was always into that stuff too. Yeah, I just I, that fascination that she had. My dad thought that she was gonna kill him. Like she was just like going <laughs> through the rule books. Like these are all the ways that I could kill my husband, and these are the ways that I would kill my husband. My mom <laughs> made a joke about that because she's like, "Well, if I wanted to, I could get away with yeah, it probably." It's like, trust me. I mean. I get that feeling mm-hmm. at this point in my life. My mom bought me a Helter Skelter when I was a preteen or early teenager. And uh, I've read more about murder than anybody that I know. If things needed to go down, I'm 90% sure I could figure it out. Like, See, that didn't rub off on me at all. Like, I would be the chick from the resort. I'd point the gun and then just be like, can you just, like, let me hand this to you. Like, can you just do this? Can you just take yourself out? Can you? Can we... And I'm like, no, at this point, I know why they got caught. And that's the dangerous Mm -hmm. part. When you start, like I've been reading, for example, to kind of like gear us back into the conversation. I'm still reading The New Evil. It's taken me a while. It is a tome of goddamn information. But I am 50 pages away from the end of the book. So um, I've been thinking a lot about like... um, like as the culture changes, like horror changes, mm-hmm. you know, like as we were talking about on the porch, um, the, 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 the main premise of the book is that there is always going to be like a male response to female empowerment. You know, like that's not the main premise, yeah. but if I were going to boil it down to a sentence, you know. And so women get typewriters uh, so they can, they're more independent. They can work as secretaries because they're the only people that are working the typewriters are, for their bosses. Like I, I, I get why that would be, well, I guess, an issue because there are... One second. Josh Brown is calling me. I'm going to put him on the podcast. Oh God, tell him before you do it though. Let him know. Hey, Josh, you're on the podcast. Say hi. Do what? What did you say, man? I said you're on the podcast. What's up? <laughs> say hi. Oh, hey. Um, let me call you back, then. No, is, uh, no. Give me one. Give me one second. Give me one second. I'll pull you off speakerphone. Okay. All right. <laughs> we'll, we're going to add Hello? a break yeah, here. So we'll see you guys in a sec. <laughs> And we're back. Hey guys. So hopefully by the time I finish editing this, it will sound seamlessly like we just picked back up. But it's actually been a day between the first half of the podcast and the back half of the podcast. Almost exactly 24 hours. um, My apologies in advance if the rhythm is a little different. (laughs) So got a phone call. On the podcast. We did. So that's a milestone. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> um, hitting the 
beer I don't normally drink to a, a water cup. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's it's more than okay. Um, God damn it. <laughs> mm. So, uh, my boss um, and my friend uh, passed away, and that was Josh on the phone uh, delivering that news. It was not a... Uh, you know, long time listener, first time caller, you know, like exciting thing. And I thought I was going to be able to make this a lot funnier. But, uh, yeah, we went over there uh, almost immediately, uh, shut everything down over here. Went and hung out with Josh and Stevie and Akuna and uh, Josh's little sister and her boyfriend. And, got way too drunk yeah far too drunk <laughs> grilled a whole lot of things that nobody ate yeah. nobody was in the mood and it's just a you know like it's a weird time already you know like what we were talking about earlier um we're coming up on my birthday which is kind of like the start of a lot of uh rough things like concern and dad you know like it's when it all kind of started to unravel was around this time and uh, it, I love Mark I, I that is a different relationship you know um, of course from a family to a employer and friend I've known him since you know as a kid working over in the grocery store next door to the pawn shop and we go over there and we'd buy, uh, or I'd buy, like, uh, dollar knives. Like, he had a box of shit that he, you know, if I walked in there with a $5 bill, I'd walk out with a switchblade, like, <coughs> him and his brother uh, were running the shop. And we went by there today to check in on Josh because he, he opened up, you know, as he always does I think just to kind of keep the routine and uh, it is weird being in there and knowing that he's not going to you know poke yeah. his head out of the office or bust balls or you know call me a queer for ordering a salad for lunch <laughs> god damn it a funny dude though he was a good dude I mean the pawn shop's a weird job you know um, he uh, loaned us a chainsaw for the do dolls uh, I think Mark is actually credited in the credits He's, of the dolls he, we gave him an IMDB page that motherfucker is <laughs> famous uh, the pawn shop Tolliver's I think we thanked in our uh, list of thank yous on the credits and the dolls so yeah like I didn't even know him and he was happy to help us out at the time oh, he was a sweetheart I'm you work in a pawn shop, you know, and it brings um, certain images to mind. And a lot of those images are true, you know. People talk about, like, the predatory lending practices and, you know, that we don't do title loans where I work. We do pawn loans and check loans and 
what made Mark different from a lot of the other guys in town that I always respected about him is he never took advantage of anybody. If somebody came in with something that he knew that they could get, you know, significantly more money if they sold it by themselves, mm-hmm. he wouldn't take it. If he had dealt with you and you looked like you were on a meth bender, he'd stop taking shit from you. You know, <laughs> like if a family member came in and said, hey, my sister has a problem, X, Y, Z, he puts you on a, a, a dead list. Uh, He'd been working that job for damn near 40 years. You done? Um, He'd been working that job for, yeah, damn near 40 years. Um, So when he opened up that shop, he was basically the only thing on Broad Street. (laughs) It's like him and that grocery store and I think there used to be an Exxon station across the street but those were like the three things for miles that you could go do was hang out with Mark get gas and maybe you know hit up McDonald's or some <laughs> shit so he, he he's dealt with like families you know like people who came into the pawn shop because they needed an extra $200 because they had a baby that they weren't ready for he would help them out in a way that a bank can't help you out. And he does something that nobody else in town does, which is we write 60-day tickets, and I've seen him hold shit for like six months past a due date because a person called and said, I'm coming back for it. So like he would... (coughs) He wanted people to get their stuff back. He he didn't like stealing it from them. If you came back and you never made a payment, you know, (laughs) like never called, never came back into the shop or anything like that. That was different. But we had people like call us from jail and they're like, I pawned you my laptop. Do you mind holding on to it? And he, you know, on several occasions, he would work deals with people. It's like, even if they owed us, you know, a shitload of money for months and months and months of back payments, um, he'd cut it out. He's like, well, around what time did shit get fucked up? And I'll just send shit right there because life throws you a curveball and I don't, I'm not here to take advantage of, you know. So he was a good dude in a weird job. He wasn't like Merchant of Venice, you know, pound of flesh, vengeful type. He, He did it long enough and somehow kept like a really pure heart about it. And, um,. He'd had some heart issues while I was over in England um, in December. And it looked like he was coming out the other end and he was back in the shop. And then he went in for some sort of blood work and he never walked back out. So he's been over there for about two weeks. and um, Now he's gone. So All the love in the world to him and his uh, brother Doobie, Josh, Leanne, you know, everybody that was in his life. Like, I, I, I don't need to explain to them why he was fucking fantastic, you know. Gave me a job when he didn't need an employee. <laughs> like, he, he was more than okay in the position that he was in. He didn't need me around there, but I couldn't get hired fucking anywhere else and I basically you know begged him for that goddamn job and he gave it to me and then 
until we moved shops, got a bigger shop and started getting more people in. Um, it was like, Brett, just sit over there and be bad at math and read books. Like, <laughs> like focus on your goddamn degree. Sit over there and I'll just pay you to sit over there and go to college. Like, he, he understood, you know, that this thing, the writing and stuff, meant more to me than the pawn shop did. He knew that I was not going to be in that fucking thing at his age, you know? Like, I didn't have any interest in being there in my 60s. But he kept paying me, <laughs> and he kept scheduling me, and he gave me a full-time job, you know, like, hey, dude, like, I don't know if I ever thanked him for that, you know, that's okay, because he'd probably call me a queer for that, too, <laughs> so Mark, I, you know, everybody I talked to about, you know, talked to about him has a similar, you know, type story. He was just a great fucking guy. He was always, I didn't really know him, but he was always friendly to me if I came in to see you at the yeah. shop. Him and Jojo. Mm -hmm. uh, that dog always tried to hump my leg when I came into the <laughs> shop, so that dog was a little too friendly. Yeah, Mark is old school. Or was old school. He, uh, he had a dog, I think it was Spec that he had in the shop for 18 years. It's a little Jack Russell. And then Speck passed away right before I got hired. Not, you know, maybe not right before, but not long before. And then uh, he wound up getting JoJo. It was another uh, Jack Russell. And JoJo would come into work every day. He had to wear his sexy shirts, what Leanne calls it. His little <laughs> safety harness thing. <laughs> Even though he never was put on a leash, like he would just walk, he'd follow Mark through the parking lot. And he, you know, we could leave the door wide open if it got too hot in the shop, and JoJo would just like sit with his nose on the threshold. <laughs> <coughs> like it, it's like he had a job too, you know, like his job was to come in and play with the customers and um, entertain the kids. I mean, we, he was really a calming presence, you know. Mm -hmm. Because when you do the job, like you're dealing with people that are, they're not in the best situation, you know. And a lot of uh, drug addicts, a lot of divorcees. Um, you're not in the pawn shop unless you're buying something. You're not in the pawn shop because you're having a great day. <laughs> you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, he did it for about forty years, and it, it didn't break his spirit. You know, he was very resilient in that way. So I'm, I've been thinking a lot recently. I'm sorry to ramble. Um, trying to come up with like the the lessons, you know. So we were talking. I think I'm gonna bring a recorder in and uh, try to talk to longtime customers about their relationship with them. I've been thinking about making like a collection of short stories written based on stories that I hear in the shop. I've been writing those down with more frequency recently anyway. But this would kind of give me like a jumping, like I can't talk about Mark's Pawn Shop without talking about Mark. And I have been a very, very small snippet of his life. 
like we heard stories today, like when we went over there just to check on Josh, um, about his uh, unnamed high school friends who went streaking in uh, small town Manchester. And they had like a getaway driver so that they wouldn't get caught. And uh, like everybody knows who it was, but they couldn't prove it because they'd worn ski masks. And the only <laughs> people that could identify them were minors who knew what their dicks looked like. So <laughs> that Mark, Mark was not one of these uh, streaking people, but it was somebody that he knew. And uh, Josh said that the guy who was the getaway driver called the shop and told him the story all over again today. Like, he'd only heard it from Mark's perspective, and uh, he'd never heard it from this, like, unidentified, like, grassy knoll shooter. You know? <laughs> and it was, like, a case in Manchester for apparently, like, 20 fucking years. They were like, like, these people were, like, in their 40s, and they were still trying to get them on these, like, indecent exposure charges or some shit before a judge finally threw it out. <laughs> That's just Bible Belt, Tennessee. Death is weird, though, you know? Makes you think about life different. Yeah. Every time, I mean, it's a temporary stage. Nobody, you'd lose your mind if you walked around, you know, in the same mind state that you feel while you're grieving. But I think it makes you appreciate the small moments in life a lot more. Mm-hmm. Well, he was in his early sixties, you know. Dad died at 54, so like my numbers were all screwed up because I thought we were all going to die at 65. So like Mark's age to me would be like ideal. And that's not, I'm not trying to say I'm happy or anything like that. I'm, up. I, I'm beside myself. I don't know how to deal with this right now. But um, I'm a fucking hospital though. Like, he was always, he, he would always say, like, he, he wanted to die in the shop so that they would put his ass on the little gurney and walk him out of the goddamn pawn shop. He just wanted to go to work one day and not uh, make it through, you know, <laughs> have himself a nice fucking bologna sandwich or some shit, a brown paper bag, pop a York peppermint patty in his mouth and then just gone. He came close. I mean, he, he, he worked himself up to the point where they had to life flight him after a shift. So, like, if he would have just hung out at work for a few more hours, he might have gotten exactly what the fuck he wanted. I'm not going to be sad, sad about it. It's not the kind of relationship I have with the guy, you know? I don't think he'd want us to be sad, sad. feel bad for his wife you know we had that conversation earlier um, it's like I, I'm having to learn how to like give myself permission to just be sad yeah. you know and that might be the first time anybody's ever told me that so like it's made me reevaluate a lot like a well, lot I think of, you have a I mean, granted, you know, you and I have only known each other for, like, 
going on two years now, so there are people in your life that know you a lot better, but just from my experience with you, I feel like you have a very uh, protective nature, so you see your friend like Josh like struggling with this and kind of having a hard time, and so you instinctually want to be a support system for him when it's also something that you're internally grieving as well, so I think you do have a tendency to put yourself in the back seat and you know and, you know I think I knew that about me yeah. um, but I don't think again it had been like a thing that had been addressed like there I've, I've gone through this a couple of times you know this is my first rodeo <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah I never really thought about it like that like giving yourself permission to just kind of have the grief you know uh, it's probably not a profound thought it's probably something people figure out you know when they're 16 and their grandparents die but in my head it was like if I felt sad like I was almost it... missing the point like it was too selfish yeah. you know like you were making it about yourself if you were sad yeah so that kind of caught me you know when you said that Thank you. You're so yeah, if you're uh, if you're dealing with something like that, or it you um, have in the past, and you're, you're still thinking about it. Um, It's all right to just be sad about it. <laughs> um, because he was a good dude. Like, if I wasn't sad about it, then that would almost mean that he was a shithead. Like, if I was, you know, yeah. just able to clink beers and be like, oh, well, you know, see him on the other side. Like, that macho horse shit I grew up around. <laughs> <laughs> But you always say that's what you want to happen at your own funeral. That There's is, still going to no, be because people I who are sad. Legitimately mean it. Fucking <laughs> put my urn on the bar, mix in an eight ball, and just fucking play the worst music you can find. <laughs> I just want. You can cry at Mr. the beginning. Mr. Shibali and Journey, and then people doing lines of coke that are filled with my ashes. And, you can cry at We're the beginning, but you better be laughing at the end. Yeah. <laughs> that would be, a, like, my ideal one. It would be, like, nothing but, like, angry, aggressive music. People fighting in the parking lots, drinking <laughs> way too many beers, and hugging each other afterward. Like, one of those weird parties where just... <laughs> five o'clock in the morning rolls around and people are just like looking at each other and just kumbaya because they've lived all of the stages of grief in one you know rocky parking lot dumpster fire of a fucking memorial service I'm like I want an open casket I'm like that's weird that is a weird yeah, desire I uh my mom asked me randomly uh maybe close to a year ago now, like, she asked me and both my sisters what we wanted 
to be done to us when we died. And I was like, that's kind of weird, but all right. I was like, definitely cremated. Some like horrific shit. Like, what do you want to be done to you after you died? And I'm like, I want to get finger popped by the mortician. And it's like, oh, that's not what I was talking about. No, I think both of my sisters were cut off guard because I think one of them didn't reply at all. And the other one was like, I've never thought about it. And I was like, definitely cremated. I have thought about yeah, it. Definitely thought about this. This is like a, a good morning brain. What are you about? Oh, well, not dead today. How much fun would that be? No. She was like, okay, where do you want your ashes to go? I was like, just spread them somewhere. Give them to a homeless person. <laughs> somewhere. We'll work for food. It's like, here, do something with my brother. You know? <laughs> it's like, don't keep that ship yeah. up on a mantle. I don't want to be a memorial service. Like, I just fucking dumb bum somewhere. Yeah, that's on the record. This is public record, you know? So if you're listening to this and I'm dead, eight ball in the urn. Get this <laughs> fucking party going. I mean, it sounds a lot like a joke, but most of my ideas sound like a joke. <sighs> can you grab me another beer? I can. Be all right. I think I'm down to the Elysians. You are. So I have to be careful that I don't grief drink myself into oblivion. <clears throat> got a, a semi-late start. At least I didn't, like, wake up and start drinking. Like, that was an option that was on the table. Put about a 30 rack and, you know, gotten thrashed, but didn't do that. Didn't wake up until damn near 1 o'clock in the afternoon. So maybe that has a huge, you know, thing to do about it. But if there is, like, one, like, positive, and there will be more positives, um, this is just going to be a weird episode, but it had to do it. Um, is he picked maybe the most beautiful day to die? Like the first truly beautiful day of the year, you know, where it was golden and green and all the flowers are crazy vibrant. The sun like hits things like in a very direct kind of way. Like he didn't pick like a dreary Tuesday. We, uh, when we went out to Josh's last night, we took my car, but today we went out in Brett's Jeep and had the top off, and I, I do think that was, it made, I guess, the sadness of the day a little easier, because the sun was shining, there was, like, fresh air, and it was, like, I don't know, you could still feel, like, the life in the universe. <laughs> it's a truly beautiful day to die. So, what life lessons can I think of right now that I've learned from Mark? For starters, I believe he started smoking pot in 1974 and told me once that he had not missed a day since 1976. So he was the jolliest motherfucker I've ever met who just let life like roll right off of his shoulders. He didn't seem to, I mean, he would flip out for sure. He would definitely flip out, but he was like 40 years of shit, you know? (laughs) No offense to uh, any of Mark's family, but Mark definitely suffered from resting bitch face. Every time I ever saw him, he looked permanently angry at the world, but he's always nice. Yeah, he's always the nicest dude. He's very nice, but he had kind of an intimidating face. It was like... He just, 
shit that would piss me off and it would keep me pissed off for like a week he would let go and then small shit like a business card on the floor it would almost come to blows like <laughs> it's like why is that on the floor and I was like I don't know cause you put it there to create a fucking problem for yourself I don't know what are you doing right now man like, But no, he, he, he liked cartoons and smoking weed. Like, that's what he liked to do. Like, he was never, like, visibly high. But when you've been smoking pots in 76, like, that, it's just a part of you. It's you in know? your bloodstream. Like, yeah, you don't. Um, a lot about temper, you know? Like, I learned a lot of lessons from Mark about keeping my cool because like I came out of the military and I was geared up like I I, I, I fuck it I fight you because I don't like you you know <laughs> you looked at me weird like I almost got in a fist fight in the parking lot because I made fun of a guy's shirt but like when he came to come beat my ass I started making fun of his shirt in front of his girlfriend I was like we can do this so like, you got a fucking issue I was like yeah dressed up like a picnic table right now hit me please hit me your shoes are dumb like <laughs> but Mark would get screamed at and I think I only lost him or watched him lose his temper like maybe three times like and we deal with a lot of meth addicts um, so you're getting yelled at like a couple of times a day and I only saw him yell back at somebody two or three times. And it, 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 the couple of times he did it, I was like, Mark would fuck this guy up. Like, it would be a 20-year-old dude. But it, <laughs> and all three times it happened when he wore casual clothes to work. It never happened when he was wearing his Tolliver's, you know, like, uniform with the collar and stuff. It was always, um, it's like I felt good today. I'm going to wear a black T-shirt, you know, like the little Tolliver's logo on it. Those were the days he would fight people. Like, like, like the shirt gave him powers. Like, he's, <laughs> he's like, no, I'm bad boy, Mark, and I'm going to fuck you up. <laughs> yeah, he, he was able to let so much shit in the moment just completely go, you know? like. How do you think that is impressive, especially for how long he worked there? And again, I, I don't really, or didn't really know Mark, but like, Literally, just while we were up there today visiting Josh, there was, like, a couple came in that was, like, hard up and needed cash and, like, scrambling to pawns and things. And, like, one single customer bummed me out. I was like, this is depressing. I don't want to be here anymore. I walked in with, like, a um, like a pressure washer that they built back in the 80s. Like, a pair of headphones that he probably stole off a Delta flight, you know, like... He's like, I need $40. We're like, can we do five? Because we can't sell any of this if you don't come back. He's like, five works. So I was like, you were just able to take a $35 hit. Like, to be, <laughs> like, constantly dealing with that kind of stuff for that long and not be, like, just emotionally beaten down, I think, is a... I think it made him a nicer character. person. I mean, there are a lot of people that went to rehab because of Mark because he was the only person that they could talk to. We've got people that come into the shop, which um, I'm not going to name names, you know. Um, we got people that come into the shop and they, they have literally nobody else to talk to in their life, 
You know, we got old guys who just come in because it's Sunday and they had Waffle House, so they're just, mm-hmm. you know, wife shopping next door. We get diamond buyers. I mean, we get some high class people that come through there to, you know, peruse the jewelry. But a good 80% of the people you deal with are going through it. They're living in a hotel room. <laughs> They're staying over at the journey home and they need to pawn a Walkman for fucking five bucks so that they can go buy a pack of knockoff brand cigarettes. Like, mm-hmm. It's not an easy job and it's not a pleasant job. And he was able to take the day to day. And he was always showing up, like six days out of the week. That motherfucker was in the shop. Like <laughs> he was like, I'm there with my. He was always late. <laughs> I'd be there at nine o'clock when the shop opened. He'd pull it at like nine forty-five, and I'd be <laughs> sitting in the parking lot, like, "Hey, uh, the next time you're gonna do that, let me know, and I'll just go to IHOP and <laughs> you know get some sausages in me before the day begins." But. And now he's been replaced by Josh, and Josh is just baby Mark. He's fucking that, that same level of calm, that same belly. <laughs> Josh loses his hair, and I'm going to start calling him Mark. Mark day. Jr. Mark Jr. Little Joshua. <laughs> what we got here on the show notes oh do you want to talk about overcoming self doubt that no did we get there I don't remember what we covered I think we covered that Um, yeah we were having some sort of a cultural discussion I think and then then that happened and we got really personal Uh, that honestly feels like it was literally like 24 hours ago it feels like it happened a week ago it feels like it happened last week like yeah so I gotta sit down do a podcast haven't done one of those in a while and it's like well you did the first 20 minutes yesterday Yeah, I think I'm going to compile the stories. Try to come up with the lessons. And, uh, you know, it's not going to be a book about him, but it can definitely be a book dedicated to him. But I don't feel it's right to talk about his shop and the people that I met in his shop without like approaching him as a man. And the easiest way, would, and the funnest way, would be to get these stories from these crazy fucking people who've watched him go from like a 25-year-old college graduate to like a 60-something-year-old, you know, pawn shop owner. Uh, a true staple of Murfreesboro. Tomorrow? Tomorrow. 
Well, I'm sorry for the... Um, do you have anything else to... No, I think honestly we just cover the rest of the topics next week. <laughs> kind of leave it at that. Um, sorry for the uh, short episode. I hope you guys can understand. We're going to go uh, eat spaghetti and watch um, a movie for a two-star that'll happen sometime in the near future. Uh, I'll be in a better mood by then. This will be a little easier. But uh, what are our plugs? Where can you email us at? Uh, the email is nightmareboxproductions at gmail.com. And I'm going to hit you with them in a random order. Where's he going to go? Where's he going to go? Instagram? That is at nightmareboxproductions. Twitching? At nightmareboxpro. Facebook? That's facebook.com slash nightmareboxproductions. MySpace? We don't have a MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> We could. Fuck, it still exists. Get the song of the week. <laughs> um, I love you. I love you. I love you guys. And if there's... Um, yeah, I don't know. That's fitting. Um... <laughs> Yeah, hit us up, leave a rating, uh, leave a review, hit the little subscription button. And if you're drinking, have a drink for Mark. And uh, we'll be back here in a couple of days with a new episode of uh, Mistakes Were Made as I clumsily try to remember my password and talk to you guys in the background. <laughs> so, uh, there it is. I love you. I love you. And I love you. And I will talk to you guys. Uh, fuck off.